He always seems to get involved, doesn't he? I'm telling you, too many coconuts have hit him right on top of the skull. Well, I think uh, Anthony will be a great acquisition. He can do it all. Avery, whose show is this? Welcome, everybody, to the Anthony Irwin Show. I am Anthony Irwin. Today, joined by somebody who I go way further back than I even really realized. Uh, when when we first started chatting on Twitter, we went to high school together. Dom it's and crazy, and I, <laughs> like we were, we we were. I think you were the class of 05. Do I have that yes, right? No, I was, I was 04. Yep. Um, but we're we're still the same age, and I, yeah, you you like mentioned that, and and I think we have some mutual friends on on. On social media that I saw, like, wait, how would how would Domin know what? (laughs) It's crazy, man. It's it's a crazy small world. I'm really excited to have Domin on the show. I've been pestering him for forever to try to get him on on a pod. He's done locked on. He did locked on as soon as I left. Um, and then, By the way, on uh, definitely on purpose. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. Finally, I, I I had to slip him some money, and he <laughs> and he's and he's making this appearance. Um, and I'm and I'm I'm really thrilled to have you, buddy. Thank you very much for doing this. How you doing? Oh, I'm good, man. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, yeah, we do go way back. It's it, it it's crazy. Like time flies, and it's 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 a small world where yeah we have. We have so many connections that we didn't even realize. Uh, uh, it's it's, uh, but as I'm starting to disappoint the fans, though, uh, they they might be getting a little used to you talking to NBA players. Oh yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh man, no, it's it was like this funny coincidence. My dad, my dad messaged me the other day. He was like, "So is this like your new deal now? You just like, no, not even a little." <laughs> hey man, you never know. It's been it's been fun. It's been fun. Shouts to shouts to Lonnie and shouts to Meta for for making me look entertaining. Um, I, I I gotta ask you now 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 uh, you know let's get Meta. They're basically, an extrapolation of the conversations we all always have offline. Uh, how how do you prepare for those interviews differently? Would you say? Yeah, it's I actually prepare. Um, is, <laughs> okay. Is... <laughs> no, I, noted. So, <laughs> it was. It's funny because. You know, I don't want to do like the typical, I don't want to talk, like I I feel like athletes, they're so inclined to just go into straight athlete speak. If yeah. you ask them general athlete questions, there are like, there are like, obviously with Lonnie, people want to know what it's like to be on this Lakers team and people want to know how, you know, trade rumors are going and, and Harrison actually would yell at me if I didn't ask about trade rumors and he didn't get that SEO. Um, but but like cracking the whip, cracking the whip behind the scenes. <laughs> exactly. But but like if if uh but for for those guys, I just I try to I try to figure out, you know, what made them special, what makes them entertaining off of the court yeah. and 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 try to allow that to to have that tap into for, for them. So like with Meta, he showed up, dude, and he did like a football game on the beach with fans that like yeah. right when he got to LA yeah. and he lit up as soon as we, we we brought that up. And with Lonnie, you know, I I, I just so happened to have like a, a, a really shitty quick brief uh, playing career or whatever. But I do remember doing plyos and jumping on those boxes. And everybody who's ever done that has scraped their shin on yeah. one of those boxes. And, and again, same thing. It's just, you know, it's, it's more, there's some general kind of prep, but it's more just kind of 
trying to crack through in, in yeah. the brief amount yeah. of time that we get to, to get them into something other than athlete speak. Cause there's nothing worse. I, I, there's oh, nothing yeah. worse than athlete speak. <laughs> I, yeah, I'll, I'll be honest. Like when I see athlete interviews, sometimes I just, even for podcasts I listen to regularly, I'll just be like, ah, I could skip this one. Like, yeah. you know, and I, 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 but when I saw the video of uh, you, you and Lonnie, I was like, Oh, this is, this is good. This is interesting. Yeah, he's he was he was great. He was really really fun. He was he was really easy to just jump into. Like when he, before we even did the interview, he was smiling. He was happy to do it and stuff. You never quite know. I remember because way way back in the day, I had Ingram on a show. Yeah, and obviously, yeah, they're, they're yeah, very, I remember. They're, they're very different. Yeah, you know, just going in. But he came on and and like he sat down on the other side of the Zoom and he's just like, yeah, <laughs> all right. What's up? And I'm like, all right, this is going to be great. This is fantastic. So, so, so shout, shouts to Lonnie. And again, meta was meta was meta, but um, no, I don't want to talk about the interviews all, all, all game. Um, all show. I do. I'm curious here because, you know, you are doing work with Stratechery with Ben Thompson and, and it is some of the smartest content that is out there just flat out. Um, and your job or, or one of the, the, the central focuses of that content is like business optimization and it's, and it's, you know, the direction of business optimization, not just are these companies doing their best right now, but also what companies are doing things that are unique that might take this, the, 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 that industry in, in some different direction and stuff. And you also, however, root for, the Lakers and um, you know, I, I, we can describe them as many things, but optimized from a business standpoint, I don't think <laughs> is one of them. <laughs> and, and so kind of the general crux of, of this conversation is, is just kind of looking at the Lakers and how they operate through your lens and, and, and how uh, frustrating, how, how difficult or, or, or enlightening um, that might be. So we'll see how this thing goes, but yeah, I wanted to start there. Like, you, you, the, the work that you and, and Ben do at, at Stratechery, um, it's, it's high level analysis. It's, it's, you know, everything is, you know, thinned paper, uh, sliced paper thin to figure out where on the margins, these multi-billion dollar companies can, can further optimize themselves. And, and yet you watch the Lakers and it's like, well, you know, sometimes Kurt, is in on the conversation and and I guess now Jesse and Joey Buss are in on the conversation. Like what what's what's that like from your standpoint? Yeah, well, thank you. Uh yeah, Ben Ben does great work. Uh I'm, you know, to be clear, I'm more a reader. Uh I I help Ben certainly, but so I I just ju just as much as you, I'm I'm a fan mm -hmm. of the analysis Ben does uh and Stratechery does. Um yeah, it's 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 one of those things when you look at organizations and you look at businesses and you really want to always just analyze what the strengths are and what the weaknesses are of these organizations, of these teams, of these companies, whatever you look at. And you want to highlight where the strengths of a people's organizations are and how they're double, triple, quadrupling down on those strengths and mitigating their weaknesses. You are not going to find a situation and it's not worth the investment. And this includes like you can go as micro as your personal career development to as macro as a 10 year plan for your organization. 
trying to spend time working on your weaknesses rather than doubling, tripling, quadrupling down on your strengths is almost always a losing battle. So that's Mm -hmm. like big picture. That's kind of how you want to look at this. And so when I look at the Lakers um, and you look at going back to when Dr. Buss bought the team and, you know, the HBO show and the Hulu show, these are kind of, you know, I, I'm not going to, this isn't like a historical accuracy. Like I'm not looking for that. I just gleaned a lot of insight, uh, yeah. especially the Hulu show. Yes. It's very, very much the Lakers perspective, very much the bus family perspective, but that's important. Like you want to know what they're thinking and how they're thinking. That's like, by the way, a side note, it's like, <clears throat> I know certain reporters get critiqued because they kind of puppet what the, agents are saying or what the players are kind of Mm -hmm. saying but that's helpful information it's like okay i don't have to accept this as a fact but i can accept this as okay this is where their perspective is and this is where they're coming from and if you take that information that way it can be useful so like this hulu doc on the lakers going back to when dr bus was an owner and the things that he was innovating on and where the lakers were in relation to the league they were the rich team Right? Yeah. They were the team were like, uh, I know you dorks do the, this way, but we're going to we're going to make this the most entertaining product. We're going to invest money that nobody invests in. We're going to make you know, we're going to give 25 year deals to Magic Johnson. We're, we're going to do all this crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had a strength. They had a market. They had a celebrity fan base. They double, triple, quadruple down on the entertainment and they had money. Right. Uh, they yeah. had a big market money. Uh, you know, the local cable deals, local local cable TV, all, all just et cetera, et cetera. The, fir- the first team to to uh have a, a sponsor on their arena. Like that was amazing, right? It was wild and, to and see so, them be like, Yeah, we thought of this. And I was like, Wait, yeah, that was something so they were wild. Printing money and they were investing money in back into the team. Yeah. And they were compounding those strengths, right? So Dr. Jerry Buss, not a details oriented guy sitting watching film so he's not double triple quadrupling down on that he's double triple quadrupling down on the you know his advantages he's a show mm-hmm. he's a showman he's a businessman so he's double he you know he's kind of going all in on that when i look at the current lakers um time has changed right the yeah. entire league has gone in a direction where there's an infusion just a crazy infusion of young people with lots and lots and lots of money, new money of people who are fans first and businessmen second when it comes to their franchises. So they're not looking to make a profit. So the Lakers once had a financial advantage being, you know, a big market team. They have the cable deal. They have all this stuff. And now they are no longer in a position to be a, 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 where that's a strength. It is now a weakness. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I get that. And you know what? There's an element of there's like this contingent of people that says, okay, the bus family should just sell. And there is a part of me that says, okay, if you can't compete anymore financially, maybe you sell or you sell a stake of the team to kind of help yourself. But I think that let's talk more practical. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's it's more useful to think practically and not expect that the bus family would sell. Uh, What then I look at it it's like, okay, if that's now your strength, what used to be a strength is now your weakness. What are you doing as an organization 
to build new strengths. And I think that this is where I've been most disappointed because I think the yeah. Clippers, as the crosstown rivals, if you look at the way they've slowly built out their front office, yeah. the way that they've structured... And retained those people. Retain those like, people. Like, as as they're getting, you know, big offers for bigger jobs and stuff, Bomber's yeah. just like, well, what if I just double your salary and you yeah. can be here? Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah. And so identifying that talent, um, identifying that front office talent, identifying that coaching talent, right? Ty Lue was an assistant. Um, and building an organization, a strong organization, um, you know, making smart moves at the edges, at, at the... Those are the things that a team that doesn't have financial advantages should be doing. That's the that that is like if we're not going to outspend and when 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 we when people complain about teams being too rich and having all this money and all that, there is an element of if you put that together with kind of a strong organization, like I'd say the Warriors have been for the last five you know plus years. You you could see a situation where it's like oh my god you know they're an unsurmountable juggernaut. Um, but more than anything, what money does is it allows you to make mistakes and then you can kind of yeah. come back for them quickly. But when you don't have money to do that, then you have to find ways to eliminate those mistakes. Yeah. The Lakers have come into a situation now where they're making those mistakes, but they also don't have the financial <laughs> wherewithal to actually yeah. reverse those. Yep. So then you really got to look at, are we hiring the best people? Are we building the best organization? Are we casting the widest net? Are we and and what's frustrating, what's the most frustrating, Anthony, is not that you know we can go over the fact that the inner circle is so small that people who want Polinka fired, well, who's gonna come and place a Polinka? I mean, it might be Phil Jackson, it might be Magic Johnson. It's not like it's not like we're hiring somebody who's gonna be completely yeah. out of the loop, right? So it's like, okay. It's gonna be one of the bus kids. Like it's it's gonna be Joey but, or Jesse. By the way, I'm not so sure about that, right? And but here's mm -hmm. the point, and it kind of ties to that. We have, within this organization, an organization that is kicking ass. And that's our scouting, developing. Yeah. Our, that, that, what they've done with finding the Austin Reeves, right? What they've done, even finding somebody like Matt Ryan out of nowhere. Finding the Alex Caruso's back in the day. Finding the trade to get Larry Nance and... Uh, Jordan Clarkson in the second round, and you just go down the line, right? Like every Even single Max thing. Christie looks solid. Like he, he looks oh, fine. absolutely, Max Christie, right? What's so frustrating is that is exactly what a team without money. That is what they should do, right? That is like mm -hmm. okay, you have that right there. Now do that everywhere, and once you click, once it clicks, don't let that organizational asset walk. Yeah. People say, don't come, keep coming back to Caruso, Alex Caruso, Alex Caruso. I'll say, okay, go down the line. If the Lakers let any players in that situation that they cultivate, that they find out of nowhere, that they invest clearly like a, uh, what do you call it? A scarce resource as in scarce time, money that the organization yeah. doesn't have to spare. You invest that over the course of one, two, three, four years. And when it comes time to put a little bit more money in and really recoup the benefits of that moving forward. That is where we're also falling short. And that, yeah. that probably more than anything is what's most frustrating is that there is an organization 
within this organization that is kicking ass, that is doing exactly the kind of optimizing that we talk about. And it, it's it, 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 the rest of the organization is basically squandering that resource away. Yeah. Well, not not just squandering it, but but like they're squandering it in multiple ways, right? Because like not only do they not retain Alex Caruso, not only do they uh, trade Kyle Kuzma um, for in in the in the Russell Westbrook deal, yeah. um, not only do they set up the the contracts here with Reeves where he's going to have to be paid quickly Listen, in a way bro, that the, the organization me and you are getting banned if 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 what happens <laughs> if if that happens man yeah. we are going to we are going to get banned yeah i yeah i might not be allowed to talk about the lakers anymore <laughs> at that point <laughs> but but like they but like they're you're we're, the stuff that you're talking about obviously that's all taking place but then on top of it they're using the resource that you would be that is required to find that kind of talent and they they now need to use it to make up for those past mistakes. So it's like yeah. it compounds on. Like you're talking about compounding on strengths, but we keep on we keep seeing them compound on weaknesses. Yeah, we see them compound on on mistakes, and that's that's the part of this where, like, yeah, I look the the conversation that Alex and Alex had on on Taco Tuesday earlier today and yesterday. By the time you guys are listening to this, was about how Austin Reeves should be in the starting lineup. Yep. And 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 all that and and there's a place for that and that stuff is important because this is the roster that the Lakers currently have. But the part of all of this and the reason I wanted to talk to you on on the show is because like it's hard for me to focus at all on like the basketball part of this, knowing that. And I'm not some like tech guru. I'm not some genius when it comes to business or anything like. That. I'm an English major. I was a, like, if I didn't start doing this, I was going to be an English teacher at, at our old high school, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and like, I, it, but, but it's still, you know, it is fairly easy sometimes to recognize, like, when an industry like tech has moved into basketball in the way that it has, where, like, I remember at the very beginning of the analytics movement, where the, the conversation about that stuff and it was a fascinating societal one because you had former players and you had longtime executives who have been in the league and, and, and these scouts, like it was literally, I just watched Moneyball the other day. It was, it was those scenes Such played over movie, and way. over and over again. Yeah. I, 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 I can't help, but I think there's parts of that that I wish they would have highlighted more. Like I, I would have loved to learn more about like the relationship that Billy Bean had with the players as they were like, trying yeah. to rethink how they're playing the sport and hearing it from like a, you know, essentially a, a draft boss anyway. But, yeah. but like, um, like I, 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 I remember like at the, at the beginning of all of this, when Daryl Morey was just kind of gaining a foothold and, and Sam Hankey was gaining a foothold and, and, and there are books written about Moneyball, obviously Moneyball being the book about it. And, and like the, the, I, I believe the person who wrote it, is also the same guy who wrote uh, about the real estate uh, bubble bursting. Big short. Big short, yeah. And yeah. and he was saying mm -hmm. that like it was so weird to him that some of the most competitive people on the face of the planet were like actively ignoring something that would give them an immense competitive advantage, right? Yeah. And it was it was all and it was always so wild to me. And this has always been my stance on analytics. It was like it's just information. You can choose to use it however you want. It can it can 
contextualize things that you're trying to figure out. And, and, and nobody is saying that you have to build your rosters out squarely because of, of analytics. And, and this is something I want to talk to you about in a second as it pertains to the, as, uh, to the, to the Clippers. But, but like the thing that, the thing that drives me, I think the most insane here with, with the Lakers is like, they have access to competitive advantages still because they are the Lakers because they do gen- they print money man like they just the, the 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 TV deal that they have we may never see ever again because of <laughs> no because for of- real no no for real <laughs> by the way that's that's the the local RSN money is is an industry that is increasingly going to be irrelevant for yeah. sports franchises uh, in fact. Uh, the NBA, the NHL, and MLB, I think, are going to have to invest in these uh, kind of like the Bally sports and all that just to yeah. keep them afloat. So yeah. you're right. This current Laker deal, when it runs out, like that probably not replicable. Probably not coming back. Yeah. It's yeah. Nowhere near the same level. And, and, but like they still do right now have access to that amount of money and, yep. and uh, they do have access to, like all of the stars, uh, literally that that like would entice players to come and play for the Lakers. They have LeBron, and they have this relationship with Clutch that I think is an example of them kind of. For a while, they were doubling down on on that, which gave them that advantage. Um, Absolutely, and, by the way, yeah. And now though, they're kind of moving away from it. They've they've drawn this line in the sand where they're like, no, we're not actually going to help you out here, LeBron. And, and and you know, it's it's wild because like you mentioned the Hulu doc and it's these people who I know desperately want to do well by their dad, right? By dad's legacy. That is the thing that is the driving force here with the Lakers. And they're doing it with this like caricature version of what they thought the Lakers were while they kind of ignored what actually made the Lakers special back in the day. And, and that's the thing that I find myself most frustrated with is like it's right there. Like you, you just made a documentary. You, you did an eight part documentary studying how y'all got to where you are, how yep. your dad built the thing that, that you guys are, are running right now. Like we, we, you can study that stuff. It's all right there. Yep. But yet, like, I think the unintentionally enlightening aspect of that Hulu doc was they keep genie is drawn to comfort over what is actually best for, for the organization. And I think that is, that's the part that is really tricky to, to navigate here because, you know, you look at the moves that she has made and it's all, it's all, well, Rob was loyal to me when magic left and magic was loyal to me when Jim wouldn't hire Phil and, and, you know, so-and-so was, she doesn't want to fire coaches. She didn't want to fire Luke because Luke was somebody that she considered loyal to her while there was all of that stress going on with her and her brothers. And, and I understand where that comes from, but like it is still a drain on, on the organization when that's the focus and not hiring the best people because they are the best people for that job. And, you know, from, from your perspective, watching that take place, like how does that, how does that cycle get broken? Is that something that can, is that a cycle that can be broken? I think this is where it gets a little helpless because so to to back up I agree I think that the most salient critique of Genie Bus as owner is that is that there's a very small group of people she trusts and she does not go outside of that. Mm-hmm. 
on one hand, absolutely understandable given the fact that her own brothers what tried to sue to take the team away from her, right? right? So it's yeah. like there is there is reason for just a general mistrust. But then if you're gonna operate that way, then you have to be like the big money organization that can just keep throwing money at problems and yeah. kind of getting by with, you know, let's say not even saying subpar people, let's just say a small window of people that you can select from. The one way to mitigate that and use your advantage as a big market and as the Laker brand is to just throw money at stuff, right? Hey, yeah, uh, you know, we we don't want to attach too first to Russ, but here we'll take all the long term salary you contract. want, and yeah, we'll we'll yeah. we'll take care of it. Like we'll we'll just we'll you know that that's okay. That's not that's not a problem. We'll pay the luxury tax. We'll pay the repeater. We'll do all that. If you're not going to do that then you can't operate that way, right? And that's that's where the tension comes. And that's where you start feeling a little bit of... And I think, you know, for people listening, listen, we totally get it. We have LeBron James, we have Anthony Davis. We want Anthony and I, you know, not to speak for Anthony, but I think it's like, we want to take advantage of this opportunity right now. Yeah. That's when yeah. we talk about the picks. By the way, with how Anthony Davis is looking, I'm even firmer about that now. Right. I was going to ask he, about if that. This is the yeah. version of Anthony Davis we're getting. If he's back to top 10, Anthony Davis, that's a game changer for the franchise. But yep. The uh, the 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 kind of hopeless part that we feel and Anthony I share this with you is like when you look at 10 years from now where this franchise is, if we continue on this path and LeBron's gone, Anthony Davis is gone, and we're really building from scratch with the next kind of iteration of the Lakers. These problems, to compound. our earlier point, they, they get compound. even worse. <laughs> and, and so where yeah. are we going to be in 10 years when all the other organizations are going in one direction where they're optimizing? Where are they going to be in five years, 10 years, right? This Clipper situation right now. Um, I'm a little bit bearish on it, even though I respect the organization. I don't, I don't like that Paul George Kawhi pairing. We're, we're just at this point hoping or that you know we'll see it maybe at some yeah. point in the playoffs. Um, as Kawhi ages, I'm, I'm pessimistic about that. But if you tell me ten years from now where there's an organization, I'm still optimistic, right? Yeah. For the Lakers, I it, it just it it feels like the Knicks kind of trajectory that has been the last 20 years of the Knicks is kind of one outcome of this. Yeah. And nobody wants that. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the part of this that like the reason I, I am banging the drum on move those picks now is because like, I know what this is going to look like after LeBron and AD are gone. <laughs> and so it's worried. like, I would, they have a way better chance of competing now, even if, even if it like, even if AD, like the, I understand why risk averse people would say, "Well, you can't chase bad money when you have a potentially broken down AD and a potentially broken down LeBron, right?" And to those people, even then, I would say it's still the best chance that the Lakers are going to have at competing over the next fifteen, twenty years. Is is even if those guys were like slightly diminished, I'm saying. They aren't going to have, they aren't have, there's no like other versions of those guys that they're going to get, especially if on, on his way out, the Lakers refuse to work with clutch because that was kind of the cheat code that they would have here to keep replacing star level players because those stars, they do want to work with clutch. 
And and if if you if Clutch keeps finding those stars, and if the Lakers are able to to better manage this relationship with Clutch, then yeah, maybe five years from now there could be the next LeBron and AD pairing, who are a different pair of players. But if they're screwing that up too, while well, they're also you know yeah. not maximizing their their window here. Then I don't really know what their strength is going to be compared to the other teams. Well, well, and speaking to doubling down and tripling down on your strengths, I do think that you know, I would say this genie's strong suit as owner has been, I, 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 until now maybe, has been an extremely strong relationship with her top star, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and and this is going back to Doctor Bus, like with Doctor Bus with Magic, yeah. Then what they had with Shaq. Then what Especially they developed Kobe. with exactly what they developed with Kobe. And it seems like despite the turmoil of the last couple of years, it seems like LeBron and Jeannie are still in a very good place. Obviously, mm-hmm. LeBron extended. People around the league see this, right? Stars around the league see how stars are treated. And mm-hmm. trading those picks are doing quote unquote right by LeBron, even if LeBron looks injured or doesn't look the same. But giving him another chance, at least showing him like, hey, you extended with us. This is what we're doing in exchange. It may hurt you 2027. It may hurt you in 2029. But long term, just like that Kobe extension, when Kobe got hurt with his Achilles injury, Mm -hmm. this could be one of those moments where you double down on your image around the league as a we do right by our superstars no matter what organization. And that, again is not going to cost you money. It's going to cost you organizational assets. Yes, and that's painful. And yes, we you 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 don't want to completely ruin your future, right? Trying to go for a 5% chance of doing something this season, but you're actually tripling down on your strengths and that's that that's kind of that that is still the right move because I don't imagine tomorrow that Sam Presti is going to come to run the Lakers, right? I don't think that's happening overnight. I also don't think that there's a. I don't think they're interested in hiring a Sam Presti, right? I don't. I don't, think I don't the know. By the way, I don't. I, 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 I don't think so either, right? And I and I don't think that tomorrow there's a twenty-five billion dollar cash infusion coming into the Lakers. So, mm-hmm. in the absence of those things, the one thing that we continue to have is a great relationship. It seems like, you know, maybe on tenuous ground right now, but we can reclaim the throne of being like, hey, no matter what, we're going to do right by our superstars. We're not going to treat them like, yeah. hey, you're just an employee, you know, do, do your job. We'll do ours, like that kind of a thing. It's like, no, we are partners with our superstars. Look, uh, talking to a free agent five years from now, look, LeBron James was hurt Uh and and it, we you know the team was in a bad shape, but we still traded our 27, 29 picks because we had to take one more shot. We promised LeBron and we delivered. And yeah, yeah the season didn't go well, but look, we're gonna do right by you no matter what. This is what we stand for. That's the kind of thing that that's the bare minimum that we can do right now to at least put the organization in a good place, not only for today, but actually long term. Yeah, I I one hundred percent agree. It that like you know, I, I kind of look at it like last year, what was kind of frustrating from last year was it was a lost season and it wasn't Oh, was productive. something frustrating about last year, Anthony? <laughs> Everything. It, like, literally, you look around and there was... The, and that's kind of the thing, though, is that, like, n- 
not only was it frustrating, but nothing was productive. Like there was nothing built out of it, right? Because even the the bright spot of that year was Malik Monk. He's playing in Sacramento now, you know? Yeah. I guess technically you find Austin Reeves yeah. and, and he is Reeves, kind yeah. of the, the, the lone holdover from that that like makes it not completely lost. But like the relationship that the Lakers had with LeBron um, clearly soured. Right, like he, yeah, he, he was he was he was subtweeting them by praising Les Snead's t <laughs> shirt and 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 you know. By the way, just as a Rams fan, oof, careful what you wish for. <laughs> I mean, no, I'm I, I no regrets, no regrets. I love my Rams. They won a Super Bowl, exactly. Like they, no regrets, no regrets. <laughs> it, this year's been brutal, but no regrets. But like, but you know, I, I think the one thing that can kind of come out of this year, and I I, I think the. The opportunity to win a championship is just about gone, you know. And and I think the the unwritten part of all of this, the 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 I guess the the backdrop to this entire season is eventually the Warriors I think are going to wake up and move Wiseman or move a couple of their prospects and get Steph some help. And then if they if and when they do that, the season's over. Like that their their <laughs> their starting lineup is so at least in good. the West. Yeah, at least in the West. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Um, but like, if, if from from that perspective, like, that's what I'm already kind of just kind of grinning and getting ready to to bear it. But but still, if the Lakers can kind of reharness that relationship with LeBron, and they can recultivate some like culture and and some some identity organizationally, then like this season isn't completely for nothing. Yeah. But like if they if they choose to hold on to these picks and they choose to to look ahead to 2027 and 2029 um and if they keep on kicking this can down the road where last year it was well we don't want to move make a move now because we don't want to use all of our picks on just moving Russell Westbrook and then this offseason was like well we do have access to this extra pick but we think we can do more in in the middle of the season and then now the conversation that I'm kind of hearing that's really maddening behind the scenes is, well, you know, they're looking ahead to the draft where they have three picks. And it's just like, what the <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing? And and like if they also keep hey, doing listen, that, LeBron Le- Le- LeBron, look, I, I I I will I will not bet against him, but he has looked older this year. Yeah. He's hurt right now. Uh, you you can plan as much as you want, but you can't plan around father time coming for somebody like LeBron. So, I mean, that's another factor. Right. Well, but that's the thing though, is that that's, it's not like, it's not like next year, father time will just like take a year off. Exactly. <laughs> like, it's, not it's exactly. Not, that's exactly right. Like, last year when they were think when they were at the trade deadline and they were like, well, you know, we'll, we'll give it a go next year. And it's like when LeBron's a year older, that's what the, the entire, yep. <laughs> the cornerstone to your organization is this guy's health. And we're just going to keep on like gambling on the fact that like father time is, is, is taking a work break on this one person <laughs> like, in, in athletic history. Yeah. I, it's just, it's just wild. And, and, you know, I, I want to, I do want to though, like really quickly touch on the Clippers and then we'll talk about the, the, the direction for the rest of the season here for the Lakers. But the Clippers are fascinating to me because like one of my least favorite um, political tropes is, well, we just got to run government like a business. And it's like, well, yeah, but 
like if a state goes bankrupt, that means something different than like a, a business going bankrupt. That's that. That's a lot of people who are, are who are affected who like didn't sign up to work at that state, you know, and and so um, I do kind of wonder if like part of the growing pains that we're seeing here with the Clippers and as it pertains specifically to Kawhi is like I think I think I think Balmer looks at it very much cold tech, you know, a computer is going to work for as long as it can. Then you replace the computer. And, and I, I do kind of wonder here with this approach of, of already getting to really limiting Kawhi's minutes early on in the season and never really building any of that chemistry. One of the, one of the kind of theories I have on them is like, they might be too far on the other end of the spectrum where the Lakers are obviously too far on like, lemonade stand end of the spectrum but i do sometimes wonder if the clippers could inject some humanity kind of back into their approach in that organization i i know you say you always want to you you want to double and triple down on your strengths and those strengths are steve Ballmer's microsoft bank uh, uh background but that humanity in a sport like basketball where like it's not this isn't baseball like b- baseball you just tally up all of the hits at the end of the game, you tally up the, the right hits that were that were had at the end of the game, and you hope that that results in a win. Basketball, it there is a human element to it. It's jazz, and I kind of wonder if if the Clippers are too far into that their end of the spectrum. Yeah, uh, well, first of all, I completely agree. Um, I think it's well stated. I, I I actually think that basketball discourse right now is is lacking. Kind of, I, I, I'll, I'll use a different example and tie it back to the Clippers. But the discussion around Kevin Durant and the role he's played in Brooklyn mm-hmm. as a franchise leader, I think that just as important as accumulating the assets and putting your organization in the right spot financially and and lining things up and recruiting the superstars is to pick the right leader for the franchise, right? And I think that leader, to pick the right leader, is something that people completely kind of just poo-poo and just, hey, you know, yeah. yada, yada, yada. They will figure that out. We'll figure that part out. I think that what has happened in Brooklyn is a reflection, no matter how much he pushes back on it, and he's pushed back literally directly to me, like in a quote tweet, <laughs> does not matter whether you accept it or not, when you are the franchise leader, everything for better or worse is on you, right? Yeah, it's you're the identity. You're the identity of the franchise. If the franchise completely is like distracted by something else every day and it's it's you know, it's just everybody does whatever they want and there's no, you know, consequence and there's no like and this is literally not a specific critique on anything Kyrie has said or done. I'm just saying generally they always yeah. have these distractions. They always have this ethos of, hey, man, whatever. We're just going to go out. We'll ball. We'll go home. We'll have a good time. Like, whatever. It's fine. It, yeah. That's what the, the whole team takes that persona, right? Every team has it. Everybody is a different kind of leader. So Kobe's a very different leader than Steph Curry. But mm-hmm. the Laker teams that were had Kobe in the like, kind of running locker room had a very distinct way of operating that was very successful. Yeah. Steph Curry has a very distinct way of operating and it's very successful. But you need that strong leader and it'll go in that direction of whatever direction the leader takes it. 
but that's very important. So the Warriors, whether they intentionally or unintentionally stumbled into Steph Curry as a franchise leader, and now they recognize it and appreciate it, they they, that, that they picked the right leader and they double, triple, quadruple down on that. Um, I think the Lakers, when LeBron James came here, it was a mess. But LeBron James as that locker room leader kept things pretty good, and yep. it worked out. And he's somebody with the gravitas and the actual desire and urgency to win that was needed. And I would say that I would not agree with the way it was taking place, but he was also one of the only people in the organization last year saying, Hey, let's do something. Let's not just lose this year. Same thing kind yeah. of this year. I think we'll, you know, he, he I, it might happen again, but um, you need that urgency, right? I don't see that with the Clippers. And I think this is a mistake yeah. in their analysis of Kawhi. if Kawhi loses, if the Clippers don't win this year, are you, I, I, I don't see Kawhi as somebody is going to be like, who's going to ruin his summer. Yeah, and and if you don't have that in your locker room from your leader, um, either your emotional leader. I don't even think they have an emotional leader. Maybe it's Reggie Jackson, right? And just the but the overall top down leader in your franchise. I don't see that with them, and that is why ultimately I'm bearish on them. I, I don't see them as a threat to win the title, even though we can look at the roster and we can say, oh, they have all the wings. They could switch. They could run a five-wing, you know, offense. It's a phenomenal defense. 2K team. It's amazing. It, it's yeah, it's it an is, incredible right? 2K team. Yeah. But when push comes to shove and they're down 2-1 or 3-2 in a series and it's like everything's on the line, are, are, are Kawhi and Paul George going to, you know, just come hell or high water? Are they going to have their LeBron James in Boston game six moment? I, I just I don't see it. And and I think this is absolutely a shortcoming of when they identified Paul George and Kawhi as the pillars of the franchise. Now, obviously they had a shot at it, they took it and it, it was it, it worked for them in that sense. They got him on board. But I think that that has been a failure for them over the last couple of years to get that personality in the locker room uh that can yeah. salvage can kind of galvanize that locker room. And to your point your health is your health, so whatever's going on with Kawhi, I'll see it. But I don't think they value continuity. I don't think they value those reps. I don't think they value that chemistry building to a degree that also will hurt them. Yeah, it's it's funny. I always kind of keep an eye out for mistakes that get made over and over and over again. Yep. And one of the things that, like when they first got Kawhi and Paul George, some of the analysis around them and from them was – we're a 47-win team, and we're adding Kawhi and Paul George. This is they're, We're going to win 63 games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I remember thinking, like, yeah, but have you told the guys who won the 47 games that last year? Like, are they, <laughs> are, are they going to be cool with, like, just, just kind of that yeah. they got all of the shots last year? That was the most fun any of those guys have ever had in their professional yeah. careers. And then now, all of a sudden, they have to, they have to take a back seat. And... You know, it doesn't that that human element, that that human approach. And by the way, they're doing that with a guy who, like when he wasn't available for a playoff game, chose to instead of sit down there with his teammates, chose to go up there and sit in his suite with his family and stuff. That said a lot, man. Like, the, and by the way, you can't you can't teach that. That's that's got to be your your yeah. franchise star just has to know what the right thing to do in that situation is, and so that you know. To, to that leadership point. It, it, it matters. Was, 
it was interesting to see players' reactions to that. Former players' reactions to that was like, whoa, that's not yeah. that's not how that should go. That's your leader and and you know, yeah. he should and, and like to LeBron's credit. Now look, I think he has he I would imagine he has a nice adult beverage in that in that little cup that he <laughs> is like not releasing under any circumstances. His Sunday fun days look tremendous. They look like a blast, but he's yep. still there. Like he was there. Uh, you know, coaching up everybody when they come to the sideline, and 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 I kind of wonder if he's exacerbated his groin injury by by jumping up the way that he does <laughs> on the baseline, and it's still great to see. And 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 yeah, I I just think I find all of this so fascinating, and this is what I wanted to talk to you on on the show today about is is like so much of of sports is a window into whatever it is that you want to study, right? Yep. I, I, I think this, this superstar empowerment era is this like social study that I think we're oh, going to yeah. be looking back on for years and years and years to come. Um, and I think, you know, the, the, the Hulu doc, like you said, was, I think, unintentionally enlightening. Like, I think there was, yeah. there was a message that they wanted to cross and they got that across. But also, I think, really kind of taught us a lot about like where they are and where they're heading. And, and I think, you know, in, in our conversations drunkenly in, in Vegas, when we're, when we're like, you know, a steak dinner in and we have the meat sweats and stuff, and we're talking about basketball in a way that only takes place in Vegas. The thing that I always kind of come back to is like, it's never just about basketball when we talk. And I I was hoping to bring that here to this because like, this is not, when people are, when, when, when I would lose my mind over Alex Caruso, not starting over the course of that season, um, and and the Lakers were on their way to winning a championship, I would say, yeah, but this process is worth keeping an eye on because it tells me they weren't necessarily valuing the guy. And lo and behold, they clearly weren't valuing the guy. <laughs> so, so yeah, I really appreciate this, Dominic. This, was, this has been a blast. It's taken way too long to get you here. I got to save up. And then hopefully in a, in a couple months or so, I'll, I'll be able to, to pay up and have you come back on onto the show. I'd love to, man. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> All right. That's Domin Rangula. You can check him out on Twitter at Domin R. Uh, he is uh, a, a, a proud Esperanza alum, class of 05. 05 04 was better. Our basketball team was better than, than your guys' year. Uh, but I, can't, I, I can't dispute that. I can't dispute that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> thank you very thank you very much, Tom, and thank you everybody for tuning in. We have a weird week coming up with the holidays, but I'll keep you guys posted as far as uh when we will and will not be be recording. So until I talk to you guys next, I'm Anthony Irwin. This has been the Anthony Irwin Show.